Welcome to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club. Craft brews and geek news. Sit back, pour yourself a pint, and let's get into it. Now here's the founder of the Brewmasters Club and your host, Donnie Gallagher. All right, everybody. This is Donnie here, and we are the Brewmasters Club official podcast, Craft Brews and Geek News. Uh, first off, we are here today to talk about some national stories. Um, of course, beer, craft beer primarily, local flavors, and our favorite geeky nuggets of pop culture. Um, of course, my name is Donnie Gallagher. I'm the founder of the Brewmasters Club, and I'm here today with Dane. Dane, coming from Tennessee, how are you? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm Dane, and I like to party. All right. Yeah, we've got we've got Nick as well. Nick? Uh, evening at this point, uh, everyone, and uh, just checking in from Lakeland, Florida, um, and uh, I like to party as well. All right, and lastly, the guy that has joined us here is, uh, is Ryan from Tampa. Ryan. Hey, guys. Coming in over here to Tampa, and I don't like the party at all. So, <laughs> Ryan, just, just, as as guys. just a stick in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so to kick things off, what we're going to do here today is we're going to talk about a, a slew of different topics and stories, um, some news and some uh, personal opinions, and different things that we find interesting or that we may have done throughout the week. This is our third podcast, episode number three, and as we kind of started this podcast, if you guys remember back two, three weeks ago now, we, we kind of had an intro as to what is craft beer, so I thought it would be you know, only relevant and timely to talk about um, kind of the series of craft beer as a whole. So in the first episode, we learned a little bit about what is craft beer. Today, I want to talk about some various styles. So I know we've all kind of been over the last three weeks you know, talking about the, uh, beer, and of course, we're all beer fans, so we've been drinking a lot of them um, and learning different things. But you know, a little quick history lesson, you know, what exactly is a, is a beer style? Um, basically, it was first used in 1997. There was a book called The World Guide to Beer. Um, this was uh, basically broke down beer into different categories, so appearance, flavor, things like that, production, history, and origin. Um, nowadays, you know, there's there's so many different beers out there, um, but with different hundreds of uh, you know styles available. Um, I just kind of wanted to throw it out there and say, you know, guys, what what are your some of your favorites? Uh, you know, I can lead us off. I was talking to Nick yesterday. You know, I love, I've always loved IPAs, the India Pale Ales, uh, the history on those. Of course, as we all know, Britain made beer. They uh, colonized India. They brought the beer from Britain to India. It would spoil, so they threw hops in there. Hops are a natural preservative. Uh, that preservative actually kept the beer a lot longer over the six, nine, you know, year-long journey. So that's when IPA came up. I also like Belgiums, but Nick, you know, you were just harping on something new that you've tried. Um, what is it that you are, are vibing on at the moment? Uh, I'm currently enjoying Trapels, which uh, uh, they're not exactly my normal type of beer, but uh, they're actually something I'm gravitating towards. Uh, it's not a gravi gravity joke or anything of that nature, but uh, um, it's uh, I do enjoy Trapels. Um, I I'm a huge fan of light beer, but I'm trying to stray away from that in uh, as of recent. And uh, actually, to be honest with you, I'm just seeing where this road takes me <laughs> as of right now. And you're getting out of your comfort zone, which is always fun. Um, Ryan, what have you been into recently? Yeah, I actually got a mocha, or mocha porter from Rogue over here tonight that I'm going to be trying out. And, uh, you know, porters are uh, maybe not as, you know, strong in thickness as stout, but um, evidently porters also originated in England, or London, I should say, 
from well hop beers that were made from brown malt. So uh, a little bit of history over there in the 18th century. Pretty cool information there. But uh, yeah, that's what I got going on. Dane, what about you? In the mountains, what do you got? Yeah, uh, just the other day, um, had Gatlinburg Brewing Company's Pilsner. Uh, it's a microbrewery here in Gatlinburg, and pretty sharp taste. Um, for and not a huge Pilsner fan myself, but I have been trying a lot of them because that's all I've been really able to try as far as um, micro brews and craft brews go. So just mainly Pilsners, you know, not a huge Pilsner fan, but take what I can get. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. So part of this, part of this, this initial story here, what I was trying to get at is that you know, um, as Nick is kind of learning as he's he's going around his travels and he's getting different you know brewery experience and, and trying different things outside of his comfort zone. Um, I mentioned that I love IPAs. I, I came across a story. It was it was learned that love craft beer, namely an IPA or a hoppy beer. People get scared. You know they think that those beers are gonna shock their taste buds, and they certainly will. The piney flavor, the citrusy, it's it's rough. It's a little bit tough on the taste buds, but. Um, the article went on to mention that there's a lot of beers that are a good or easy way to get into IPAs, and some of those, uh, you know, are, we're just simply op- offering a double IPA. A double IPA is made uh, a little bit hoppier, but it's also a little bit maltier, so it's got a little bit softer palate run. Um, it's a cool way to try beers, but they've got a, they, our IPA beers. They've got a lot more sugar than most, so alcohol is going to be up there. Um, but again, that flavor won't won't kick it too bad. Um, have any of you guys tried a, a double IPA that you really liked or not liked for any particular reason? We've actually uh, talked about this one before on the show, and I've got the yeah. Torpedo double IPA right now. So it's funny you mentioned <laughs> going with that, but you know the hops in in an IPA can be a little bit overpowering for some people that have never tried it. And I know the first time that I had it, you know, going from uh, Miller Lite, it's it's a bit of a change, and uh, it can take a while to get used to. But it's also good to just kind of dive right in with the IPAs, you know. So yeah, very good. Anybody else try to try to double read something that you had any story about? Can't say that I have, unfortunately. <laughs> I I don't like them. I just yeah. said that. That's all right. You don't have to. But I'm telling you, they're they're a nice way to kind of warm up to it. Um, I had one other article that was in terms of if interesting and relevant, you know, new beer news. Um, I personally work in the hospitality industry or the attractions industry here in Tampa Bay, and there's a big DMO, so it's like basically the big uh, driving factor for outside traffic to Tampa Bay. And there was this article in the Tampa Bay Business Journal that came out and said that that Visit Tampa Bay, which is this organization that brings in all this tourism, um, is tapping into the beer and culture market for the first time. Um, They're spending $250,000 focused around Couples, beer level lovers, and travelers from Chicago, Dallas, Orlando, um, all over the place to bring them into Hillsborough County to explore this craft beer market that's kind of exploding here. You're going to see this this in Facebook on advertising, everything here in the local market, but it's basically brew with a view, focusing on how Tampa Bay is this emerging beer market, but it's also got you know this amazing area to just grow up and have fun. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because a lot of you guys are local. I know Dane or not, but I thought they're kind of interesting. I mean, a quarter million dollars is a lot of money to put on a tourism industry for beer lovers. I mean, think about that for a second, Nick. Like, what would you? What if Lakeland was going to drop a quarter million dollars just to try and attract beer lovers? I mean, to so the Lakeland breweries, it's kind of bizarre, right? Uh, I think if Lakeland was going to drop a quarter million dollars on anything, it would be showing up on a map. <laughs> 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 
Secondly, we'd probably uh, turn around and invest a little bit and maybe some infrastructure, um, some highways that don't turn on, you know, 87-degree angles and things of that nature. But, I mean, it, if there was a, a competitor to the actual Lakeland Brewery that isn't the Yingling factory down the street in Tampa, um, I mean, I think that would that would probably definitely change things. That would change how they approach uh, launching some of their, say, abstract beers. Because a lot of them are seasonal, and they end up rolling them in and rolling them out within a matter of weeks. And uh, I don't know if there's enough exposure for them to get off the ground, if you will. Uh, that's that's something that I've noticed with their seasonal beers. Is they're gone before I can even read the menu. So how the heck would they even take them? Dana, Ryan, do you guys have any ideas on that? I think uh, where I'm at now in Gatlinburg, and, you know, I'm just on vacation, but I think if Gatlinburg or um, Pigeon Forge, which is close by, would spend that kind of money on uh, anything related to alcohol, I think it would be moonshine. Um, <laughs> sure. The, distiller, the distilleries here, um, you know, there's – Gallenberg's got three of them just down the main road. I, I went to Old Smoky the other day and bought me some, uh, some apple pie. So I think if anything, it would be moonshine distilleries. And where I'm from now, Jacksonville, they would not spend that kind of money on alcohol. If anything, they'd get rid of it with all the young Marines there acting yeah. all crazy. Well, they're, they're clearly trying to make it a beer destination. Ryan, you know, here in Tampa Bay, did you have any thoughts, Ryan, on that? Yeah, no, I think it's smart to uh, get all the craft beer breweries that are in this area more exposure and advertising out there to, to like you said, Chicago and different states where even in Chicago, I was just there recently for my honeymoon, and there's a lot of craft breweries out there. Uh, you know, you've got, uh, was it Goose Island and, and everything else? There's a couple of really good breweries like Revolution Brewery out there that could, you know, they could almost kind of talk to each other in a way, too. People could come here and maybe branch it out. I think it's great exposure. So um, more power to it. I hope it takes off. I hope it's successful. Yeah, yeah well, it's funny. Like our last episode, we were talking about, you know, beer tourism. And so this is just a, another relevant article that's like, man, I guess – like we we had kind of forecasted it and we had some discussion about is it something that's going to happen is it a thing that's just for tourists or is it a kind of a fad and you know clearly that that kind of investment for a stri strictly attractions bush gardens sea world you know theme park kind of motivator so that's it's a lot of money to put against a campaign like that so it'll be interesting to see where it goes but we'll be here so we can you know boots on the ground we'll we'll fill you in think they'll be and, building a uh, hotel anytime soon a craft brewery hotel I, I don't think it <laughs> It'd be what, Cigar City? I mean, I don't think we have that kind of swagger down here. <laughs> that would be we the biggest ability yeah. of Tampa Brewing. But, uh... yeah. I just don't think we have the, we have the chutzpah, but, but maybe we do. <laughs> Who knows? All right, so moving on. Uh, basically, this next segment here, what we're going to do is, is you know, about – this is called App News. We kind of covered a little bit of local news, so we'll kind of skip over that this time. But, um, but again, this, um, this segment what we do is we talk a little bit about the Brewmasters Club. Um, we are a – uh, iPhone currently app that is available to help guide folks um, on their beer journey, just like we've been talking about over these last few episodes. Um, we are not your your replacement social media network. We are an app that is here as a tool to be used when you go out to a restaurant and you want to say, I'm having a spicy fish sandwich. What do I drink with that? You input those selections and we'll tell you what kind of beer to drink and where to find it. Really, here's a tool and that's about it. But we are crowdfunded, we are crowd supported, and we are a community driven app. So your insight helps shape the app and what we look like um, tomorrow or the next day or two years from now. So please, you know, do share with us, do connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and all the uh, the regular means through uh, Brewmasters Club at Brewmasters Club. Moving on to uh, the next segment that we have here 
It's called What Are You Drinking and What Are You Going to Drink? I think I wanted to open up this with Nick because he had so much information to insight on what, what he is drinking and what he will be drinking soon. Nick, go ahead. Yes. So <laughs> uh, so what I actually currently say is actually made by Victory, and it is the Golden Monkey, which uh, I recently fell in love with, uh, I'll be honest, uh, originally out of uh, availability. Uh, I went to the, uh, over in Orlando, I went to the uh, Animal Kingdom, and it just happens to be one of the beers that they have on tap at Animal Kingdom Ooh. in one of the cars by Expedition Everest. And uh, had it once, loved it. Uh, the ABV on it, uh, 9.5. Uh, so it was more of a bargain buy. I'll you knock know, you on your ass. <laughs> and a uh, little, little on the hoppy side, uh, but it's a great. Uh, it's a great way to get into it. But all right, yep. Uh, in any event, um, that's that's what I'm excited about drinking currently. And uh, uh, in terms of looking forward, uh, there are a couple of Lakeland breweries or Lakeland beers that I'm looking into uh, getting into, but all of them are at least a significant amount. So that's something I'm just trying to work on. I walk into the Lakeland brewery pretty much every other day, saying, you know, what's my next step? And uh, and they say, okay, so you can actually see through your beer. Let's let's go ahead and knock it out. And uh, that's what they told me. So tasting a lot, learning a lot. But right now, for me, it's uh, it's got to be the golden monkey. Very good, golden monkey. So I want to take a moment here, just so we can we can chime in with our friend here, world traveler Christian Roberts. He is currently mm -hmm. muted, just so his background noise doesn't mess up the rest of the uh, podcast here. What we're gonna do is we're gonna let him we're gonna let him talk here for a second. Christian Roberts, you are joining us from uh, Japan, is it not? Hold on, let me get you let me get you back online here. Uh, okay, I'm here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take all that out in post. Don't worry about it. So, anyways, Christian Roberts, what's up, man? Fill us in a little bit. Uh, how's it going, guys? Uh, yeah, here in Japan, <laughs> uh, sitting in a hostel at Tokyo. Been exploring, you know, tasting the beers of Japan. Really great beer. Have you guys had Itachino Nest? It's one of their big ones here, or Saki or Sapporo. Sapporo? Sapporo. Yeah, I mean, everybody's had Sapporo. Yeah, Sapporo's pretty much like their Budweiser. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's their biggest brewery. Is Budweiser well, an They have some Budweiser, yeah. Krabi, so I want to <laughs> I want to catch up with you. I want to catch up with you big time, but I want to I want to get through this. We probably got about 25 minutes left. Do you want to stick around or? Sure. Um, what I want to talk about today was the uh, Terrapin. Um, it's basically I don't know if it's probably backwards on this, but it's called Liquid Bliss. It's a chocolate peanut butter porter. Has anybody had this before, Christian? You probably have. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Those of you who don't know, we've got Christian Roberts here chiming in from Tokyo, Japan. He just joined us, so thank you, buddy. Um, this is, is actually a really good porter. Um, I've never had it before. This is the first time I had it. I actually got it from a work friend, but um, they love experimenting in Terrapin. It's a salty-sweet combo. It's kind of like chocolate and peanuts, where it's it's a little bit sweet, it's a little bit salty, but it keeps you salivating regardless. Um, it's very smooth. It's mellow. Um, it's, a, it's a good enough uh, backbone to it where the richer chocolate flavor comes through with peanut butter. It's just a very good beer. So if you like candy that tastes like Halloween, it's a great beer to try. So that's what I'm trying. I say, you know what I'm surprised about that beer was? Was the fact that it isn't as sweet as you would think it is. Right, it's not. But it tastes it tastes like chocolate and peanut butter. It does. It tastes like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah, it's. I actually like it, and I'm not a huge um, peanut butter porter guy, but 
Really good. Same. Yeah, I'm not a dessert beer kind of guy, but that's actually a really good one. Yeah, well, this has 6.1% alcohol. It, like, by the fire outside when it's kind of um, kind of cool outside, I'm telling you it's a, it's a solid beer from Terrapin. But, you know, I don't know. You, you be the judge. Christian, what have you tried over there in Japan or, or elsewhere, man? What have, you guys, what have you been up to? Oh, man. I've had a ton of beer here. Uh, actually, last night I was at a brewery. Uh, it's a British group up here in uh, Tokyo called Campion which was really good. It was, uh, they do traditional English styles, so they had a, a nice bitters, uh, uh, English dark mild, and as well as an English IPA. They even had a wheat beer on too, all of which were really good. The English mild was probably my favorite though. It had a really nice light smoky element to it, that rich malt, but uh, a little bit of a dry finish, but not too overwhelming, which is really pleasant for a beer. So what's a mild compared to a IPA or whatever? I mean, explain kind of the difference. Uh, so essentially, in, uh, in light, like a dark mild or a mild dark, uh, they're just uh, a dark roast, but it's not like uh, overwhelming like a uh, brown or a porter where it's like you're really strong uh, astringency sometimes or really present from the roast of barley. Uh, this one's more of a, got more of a smoky character, so it's more like a smoked brown, but it has more, uh, more a little more sweetness to it than a brown would. Did one? You said you were having dinner. Did one pair better with what you were eating, or no? Uh, well, the dinner involved just beer for that one. But <laughs> <laughs> that was your dinner. That was my dinner. Awesome, man. Well, what? So, what part of Tokyo are you in right now? Um, I'm in an area uh, known famously for the Asahi Hall. Asahi uh, has a giant building here with a golden carrot on top. <laughs> Awesome. It's called uh, Asakusa. Is the name of this, uh, the prefecture. Very good. But, very uh, good. Yeah. Uh, so far, I mean, uh, Japan, like they really do their beers well, especially in Asia. Like you go around Asia, most other countries they stick with their pilsners and lagers. Japan likes to keep very diverse palate. Uh, they uh, had a lot of Dutch and uh, European brewing influence. You'll find a lot of American brewers are coming here and starting breweries. I never would have guessed Japan is the next destination, but as we're experiencing, yeah. you know, beer's kind of going all sorts of different angles, so who knows, man. Pretty interesting. Yeah, well, it's good to have you. Ryan, I saw you were circling something. What are you drinking tonight? Yeah, I've actually got something from uh, the Great Divide Brewing Company. It's called uh, the DPA, the Denver Pale Ale. It's something I've never tried before, but I was drawn to the bottle, so I just had my first, and I got to say... Uh, very refreshing, um, pale, you know, first taste, and uh, it's just got a lot of different flavors. They <laughs> so, yeah. Tell us more. <laughs> well, oh, it's an English style, <laughs> and it's award-winning, so how about that? That's good. That's great. Christian, are you in the container from Star Wars the movie? Are you in Jabba's palace right now, honestly? Like... What is the right? Yeah. Do you have Do you have audio? Can you mute it for a second? We'll call yeah. you back in. Gotcha. Do I, do I need to redo that? Uh, I mean, you were pretty. It was pretty much every other word. So. <laughs> oh you. no. Dave's like, tell us more. And I thought it was me. <laughs> no, it was Devin Christian Roberts in a stupid canteen oh. man. <laughs> Can you can you keep the outtakes on a separate file? Like, I mean, I'll, I'll, oh, keep, I'll keep it. I'll just go ahead. If you want to start over again, just, just go ahead so you can actually hear it. Right. Keep Blair Witch in this pro <laughs> the whole life. 
and then we'll and then we'll hear Dane, and then I'll call Christian Roberts back in. <laughs> yeah, Dane, can you get some snot going down through your nose just a little bit? Just, you know, make it a little scary out there. What was that? <laughs> so. I, I gotta get back into I gotta get back into this thing now. Um, so I got something out from Denver, uh, the Denver Pale Ale Great Divide, very uh, nice, refreshing pale ale. Um, one that you know it doesn't really have a long bitter taste at the end. I kind of really like that. Um, not too hoppy, obviously, but it was actually in a, a gold medal winner at the Great American Beer Festival in 1999. Very good beer. Uh, it was drawn to the bottle, and I was like, oh well, let's try that. DPA, why not? Yeah. So, definitely, if you get it, try this. Uh, very good. So I can feel you in that bottle thing, though, because you know I love turtles and tortoises, so I'm definitely <laughs> a Terrapin fan just from the label. But, uh, Dane, you kind of hinted on it. What, what were you drinking, man? Uh, yeah, a couple of days ago, I was at a burger joint, and they just happened to have a microbrewery in there. Uh, Gatlinburg Brewing Company, pretty straightforward. The only beer they had on tap was a pretty straightforward Pilsner. Tried it out. Not too bad. Uh, tonight, I was drinking a boring Bud Light uh, that I got at Walgreens down the street, and I've been drinking a lot of moonshine, so there we go. All right. Well, good to hear, boys. So, um, so Christian, since you're new to this game, you can you can stay uh, quiet if you want to for the moment, but what we're going to do next is uh, pop into a little bit of uh, geeky news. So this is kind of anything that's kind of piqued the interest of, uh, of the, the panel here in terms of anything unusual or video game stuff or, of course, Star Wars stuff, new movie stuff, anything like that. And I actually um, had just a quick story to kick it off. Microsoft has actually created an Xbox onesie. Have you guys seen this yet? No. So it's only available in Australia, but it's basically a giant white onesie with a hoodie and your gamer tag on your chest. Um, that you're supposed to play or you're supposed to wear while you're playing Xbox. It's got room for your controllers and your headset ports and all sorts of stuff. Nick and Dane being the biggest Xbox fans that I know, <laughs> would you guys wear a onesie with your Xbox? If I had a onesie to play Xbox, I would not have time to go to work. So, <laughs> that being said, now, I would have worn it back when Laos and I, or Nick and I, were playing Battlefield. Uh, they're pretty Religiously, hard. yeah. Religiously, so right now, I don't even know how much they are. They're probably expensive. I don't think they're, they're, li- for, they're not for sale right now, at least not that I can see, but they will, be, <laughs> they will be coming soon. Can I entice your vote maybe if I tell you that they have things like enlarged pockets to fit your Xbox controller, an arm pouch for quick and easy ah. access to your mobile phone, rollable arms and legs so you can easily let loose, Forearm grips to prevent slipping from the edge of your seat moments or chafing others, I don't know. Extra large hoodie to accommodate headsets and your very own Embraer Gamer Tag, which I didn't mention before. Any of that piqued your interest. You you had me at no chafing. I'm in in for that. You know, my... uh... What am I, straddling a horse while I'm playing? I don't know. <laughs> Certainly not if you're on an Xbox onesie. <laughs> it sounds like they cut themselves short. They should have just gone straight to the Green Man suit and just made an Xbox onesie Green Man suit for Dane. That would have hey. been fantastic. Patent pending, gentlemen. <laughs> Nick, did you have any thoughts? The idea was born here. I always thought that, you know, if... If they had feedies on it, then I, I game just just so I can run around as like a shrouded uh, Xbox player, uh, quite literally just 
sniping people from the kitchen and then diving into the foyer and then eventually falling, passing out in his room. That's probably how I'd play my game if I was wrapped just, in Xbox memorabilia. Just Doritos yeah. powder all over your shoulders. <laughs> you're you're forgetting about it. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, the code red and Doritos, Cooler Ranch, that's how I'd spend my days in, a, uh, in an Xbox onesie. Uh, playing Xbox 360, though. Is the 360 version of the Xbox One Z just a sphere around you? Is that no, like... There's, there's no difference. I think it's it's literally just one onesie to fit them all. Well, I mean, that's backwards compatible. Does it have a backwards on it? <laughs> a, little, a little shoot? Yeah, these are the... Like, <laughs> shoot out the back door. You know, for when you gotta go, you know, Xbox Onesies. <laughs> right. Right. Christian Roberts, any thoughts on an Xbox onesie? Using ones, but I could see Laos in one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like you have. <laughs> hey, listen, just because I packed one with me doesn't wear, wear, mean it wear with me every day. <laughs> well, actually, you're gonna be you're gonna be in in Australia soon, aren't you? New Zealand, New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay, well, pick one up from those those Kiwis, man. You're already in prime robe country. I mean, I don't know what you want from the rest of us. Well, that's why I was wondering why you guys asked me if I could be a part of this new conversation. Because, you know, I meant Tokyo. Like, what's conversation? That's true. Well, it's certainly for the beard. I mean, you're here for the beard. Got to give you that. Well, the beard had to be present in this because, I mean, I see Lelis is trying to rock one. But... Football season, son. College. <laughs> Bro, El Bandito Rojos make a comeback. Anybody else have any, any thoughts on that? Because I have one more article for this. Uh, this and it actually has to do with the, with uh, Microsoft as well. So let's hear it. All right. So this one, boys and Nick, I think you can lead this conversation. The Hololens is making a reboot. What do you have to say about that? Have you heard anything about it? Have you read the article? Hololens was uh, it was one of the best things that never took off, in my opinion, uh, or at least was never available. I should say. Uh, they debuted it, not this E3, but about two years ago, E3, one or two years ago. And uh, they said it was great. They showed it off very well with the augmented reality. It looked beautiful. It functioned amazing on stage. Uh, but at the end of the day, you never got it. So it was this thing that they were broadcasting, they were advertising, and then you just wanted and then never got <laughs> I mean, there was nothing you could do about it. <laughs> you could never sit there and put your face in hot lava in Minecraft <laughs> as much as you wanted to, which is what I wanted to use it for. So, I mean, that's my take on it, is that it wasn't available when they said it should have been, and it still isn't. So, still quite disgruntled. Well, from my understanding in this article that I was reading on Geek.com, basically the HoloLens has a development edition, which is out, um, but it's about three grand, and it's an augmented reality headset, like you said, um, and you won't find it in stores anytime soon. Um, nobody else can see this hologram. You basically, like you said, put it on your head. It's a visor, and it projects that, and you can kind of manipulate as you see fit. Um, I think it's a long time out. I really don't think that it's going to be anything that, that kind of snakes the market, especially not a $3,000 tag. Dane, did you have anything about the HoloLens? I mean, you're an Xbox guy. Anything yeah. at all? Uh, if it's going to take me back to the 90s where I'm watching Reboot, uh, right. I, I'm all for it. If I'm hanging out with Dot Matrix and, and Foe, you know, I'm all for it. So 
like I said with the VRs before, expensive, not really my thing. We'll, we'll see where it goes. The funny thing is, when I read this article, Reboot didn't kick kick in, and then all of a sudden you said Reboot, and I this this screenshot on this YouTube video here. I 100% remember this show. It was terrible. <laughs> like, I remember this show perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I. It's awesome. I loved it. <laughs> I watched it. Ni- 1994, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Ryan, any, uh, anything to mention about the HoloLens? We kind of had our VR speak last week, but anything about that you want to add? I, I kind of like this idea a little better than, than seeing everything just, you know, 3D, like right here or, you know, through the, through the VR like that. Um, you know, this is more out in front, you know, uh, in your surroundings, in, in your own element type deal. So I kind of I kind of like that a little better. You can kind of uh, alter reality, if you will. Um, I saw a TED Talk on this a while back, and I really was intrigued. It was uh, really engaging. But, um, yeah, so I kind of like this idea better than the uh, than what we were talking about last week there. So I think – I hope it takes off. I, I really feel like it's got some potential. So Yeah, I still feel like we're – we're a long way out, but it but it would be very cool, um, Christian Roberts. So the uh, the next thing that we have here, man, if you want to contribute to this one, we post questions on our Facebook, on our Twitter, on our uh, Google Plus, on YouTube, all that kind of stuff. Um, I want to ask you the first the first question here, Christian. So if you can join us again, we uh, we asked our, our people that are paying attention, that are tuning in, um, to chime in to us. What is the uh, the beer that you have tried or ever tried in your life and are most disappointed with? Ooh, it's like uh, there's been a handful of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, I mean, the overhyped Tanapu. I've had a few years of that one where I was greatly disappointed and didn't see why people would stand alive for four or five hours with that, for that beer. Um, Besides that, uh, whenever somebody puts habaneros or jalapenos in a beer, oh, no. it really goes bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I had only one attempt at that beer. Was like, okay, I can see that. Every other time, it's just been. A, what if it's mess. what if it's chili peppers and chili beans from Chile or wherever you were? Uh, that was actually a great beer, but again, <laughs> overly spiced, and the flavors were there, but the heat was way, way too overwhelming to make it qualify as a beer that just tastes like hot sauce at that point. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, yeah, when you start throwing in all these crazy adjuncts, like fruits and vegetables and peppers, it tends to go south more than it actually does off, goes off well. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I feel the same way when they really get crazy with it. Um, Nick, do you have anything uh, that you've tried recently that is not, you know, Ice House or whatever? <laughs> oh, just uh, throwing a low blow there. Uh, you know, other than Steel Reserve and Ice House, uh, I actually just, uh, I haven't been a fan, and I've tried, I've applied myself several times to actually attempt to like this type of beer, but the Vita Purple Haze. Oh, no. It's, turns out it's not for me. It, it comes out, I'll be honest, it, it tastes, and I mean no discretion, but it's purple. It just tastes, there's some sort of berry, there's some sort of something that I just don't agree with. And uh, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I've tried it several times and again, and I still can, I've tried it in New Orleans, you know, fresh off the line there, and it's just not a fan. And so you say you say ice house is still reserved. You know that doesn't that doesn't disappoint me because you know exactly what you're walking into with those, as well as Bud Light. It's just shit beer. It's as simple as that. 
Dane, <laughs> Dane, if you had anything that, that let you down, you know, is, is the, the key phrase here. Yeah, the only time that has ever happened, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we kept hearing about Highlands. Uh, it was like a win their winter ale or their Christmas ale. And I remember I was driving around with my dad, and we were just trying to find this this ale. And we tried every restaurant. We called every restaurant in the area that had it, uh, and they're out because people were going nuts over it. We ended up going to this uh, grocery store, and the late we called the lady. She said, "Yeah, I've got two, but I'm only going to sell you one." We're like, "So she just sell me one bottle?" <laughs> so I was like, "Man, people are going nuts over this thing." So we went, we bought it. Uh, and then I, we, we sent our uh, my stepbrother in like an hour later to buy the other one. So it was pretty funny. But we tried it. It was just like any other, um, you know, poor ale. I don't know. It, was, it wasn't that good. It yeah. wasn't. There was a lot of hype, but uh, it didn't. It didn't give it. Uh, we thought it would be so. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Um, recently, I tried venturing out and. Uh, having a Saison, I believe I said that correctly. Uh, I forget the exact brand or brewery, but I was not pleased with my first attempt at drinking a Saison. So I have actually not gone back to explore other ones yet. I know there's all different types out there, so it's a shame that that one kind of ruined it for me, but uh, very disappointed. I don't know. How, how do you guys feel? Have you guys had a Saison beer, or have you tried a couple that you like? Maybe you could steer me in the right direction. That'd be we'll a, say, yeah, yeah. Christian can talk about that. Right, right. Go ahead. Huh? Tell, tell him why. Uh, well, I mean, to be honest with you, it's a classic style. Uh, it's a warm fermentation ale. So that's how the, the farmhouse, uh, they go migrant workers on the land, uh, the farmers on the land would uh, actually make their beer, which the farmhouse sale, Saisons was one of them. And so uh, that, that those flavors from the yeast are really hard to get right. Uh, they can be overwhelming and sometimes almost uh, too much ethers, which means too much strong flowers and alcohol character to it. Um, but again, you said Great Divide. Do you like that one? Great Divide makes a great Saison. Okay. I will keep that in mind the next time I'm at the store. Thank you. That is the inside I wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. The Saisons are they're, they're good beer. Um, You'd be surprised when you, you you think that it wouldn't be good, but you'll you'll hit one that's really good. What I'm constantly disappointed with are the shandies, and it's not that anything mm. against beer, you know, that shandy, that style. My wife likes sours and shandies, and every time I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be great. It's gonna have a little bit of citrus, a little bit of fruit, and it's gonna taste like beer, and it never does. But again, a shandy essentially is beer and lemonade. So what am I what am I trying to look for? You know, it's really just a a, a pipe dream that I keep chasing, thinking that I'm gonna love a shandy. So it's it's not really any shame on them. It's more shame on me. Um, did you guys have any other uh, stories or anything else that you want to share about uh, your recent travels here in the beer beer realm? Anybody? I just the thought that you're looking for a lemonade. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I'm never looking for those. Those are Jenny. It's my wife. Yeah, of course. Looking for one while you're in between the gym and going shopping. <laughs> every time I try one of those shandies, just reminds me of those uh, brass mushrooms used to make orange juice and beer. <laughs> it's like you can't really be disappointed, but at the end of the day, I'm, I always drink the next one hoping that it's going to be good, and I just never like them. <laughs> so Big letdown. Shame on me, man. That's all. Yeah. So, guys, this is this is going to kind of wrap it up a little bit here, but, you know, the next week that we're going to do, um, we'll go through the same agenda. We'll talk about some beers. We'll talk about what's going on this week. We'll find a little bit of news. We'll get some surprise guests, maybe some from Tokyo or 
New Zealand or somewhere else, uh, maybe not. Um, this has been a great show, but you know, we encourage everybody to come back and, and keep listening. Um, eventually, what we're going to do here is, is be able to really build this into a community-driven system, just like our app is. So your input helps. Um, you can find me. You can find the company here at Brewmasters Club, um, both on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and YouTube. So that's at Brewmasters Club on Twitter. Christian Roberts, where can the, the good people find you, my friend? On the uh, Twitter sphere and elsewhere. You can find me at thetravelingpint.com or travelingpint on Instagram. Are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter as well, travelingpint for everything. All right, good to know. Dano, you got a, a handle for us. Yeah, you can reach me at, on Twitter, uh, DT Mert, and Facebook, Dane Mert. All right. Mr. Nick, do you have a Twitter handle yet, my friend, that you can uh, give to the good people? Absolutely. So I do have an all. My Twitter is at, at Mr. Lousman. Uh, that is Lousman with an L. There you can find me on my kayak travels. Do a lot of kayak train or kayak camping, kayak uh, flipping, all sorts of fun things with kayaks and so. Uh, Keep an eye out there, but uh, always drinking brews on the uh, on the waterways. Not actually on them, near and or <laughs> just around. All right, and uh, that's good, <laughs> Mr. Ryan. Where can yeah. I find you? And no generator floating. It took me two episodes, but I finally bunkered down and got one. So uh, it, you can find me at Brood Boy Eight One Three. That is Brood. Brood boy, boy 813. So, there we go. Good to know. All right, everybody. Well, thank you again for joining us. This has been yet another episode of the Brewmasters Club Craft Brews and Geek News. We will tune in next time. Look forward to seeing you all then. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club Craft Brews and Geek News. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers! <laughs>